Is this picking up the good? A little bit. It fell down when I How about now? A little bit. A little bit. Welcome everyone here to Crestline. It's always wonderful to be here with God's wonderful people. Happy Sabbath and God's blessings. Let's begin with prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, today we are here to give you the glory and the honor. Help us to learn from your word and help us to humble ourselves before you and help us to do your will. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My message this morning is to obey is better than sacrifice. The fat of rams. For Samuel 15, 22. And thank you, Carly, for reading that Bible text for us. God had a specific command for King Saul, the first king of Israel. It was very specific. He was told that he needed to go out, and it was through the prophet Samuel. You need to go to war and battle the Amalekites. The Amalekites are the same nation that tried to destroy Israel in the desert when they left Egypt. God told God told Saul that he needs to kill, destroy everything of the Amalekites. Destroy them as a, as a people that had disobeyed God and they had to answer for what they had done. Saul and his armies were to destroy everything, including all the people and all of the animals, all of them. And so Saul took his 200,000 foot soldiers and his 10,000 men from Judah. They must have been the, the best fighters that they could get. And they won a victory. And he did everything that God had told him to do except for something really big. He took the king of the Amalekites, Agag, captive. He was supposed to kill that king. You know what a king of another nation would do to you if he could, if he got the fighting men. And one other thing he did. He took all the animals and let them live. Now we're going to find out why it is that Saul did this. Do you know that he was in defiance of God? He was in defiance, total defiance. You know, Saul was wanting to pound his chest for this great victory that he had won for God. And he thought that he was the best there was. So if you want to follow with me, it's in the book first. Samuel chapter 15, and I want to turn your attention to verse 12. <laughs> 
This was after the great victory. And so in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. You know what? He was supposed to wait for Samuel. There, Saul set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. You find something wrong with that? A monument in your own honor? You know, Saul was a jealous king. I think he had a little jealousy for God as well. Well, that was going to be his downfall. Anyways, he was playing hard to catch, I think, because everywhere he went, it was a day late for Samuel to catch up to him. But Samuel did catch up. And when he caught up with him, in verse 19, he said, Why did you not obey the Lord, Saul? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? Do we ever think that when we commit a sin that we've committed evil in the eyes of the Lord? We know that we have, if we're honest. We try not to. But the only way that we can succeed is to trust God and let the Holy Spirit lead you and help you and give you strength. Well, Saul did have an answer. Why? He did what he did. He wasn't willing to say, I disobeyed God. He thought he obeyed him. In fact, he says in verse 20, I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites. I brought back Agag. Agag. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder. The best of what was devoted to God. Do you think at this point after this obedience that he can make things right with God still in disobedience? These are for God, all these animals, the best of the best, in order for us to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Samuel was very, very upset. The text today for the message is that we need to know the difference between obeying God and obeying self. Saul only thought of himself. And in this case, he thought it was good for him to sacrifice the fat of rams, bulls, or any other animal that could be sacrificed to God. Does God really want us, first and foremost, to sacrifice an animal? Or does he want us to obey him? Okay. He wants us to obey him. You know, there's a, a lesson that we find uh, in addition to Saul and what he had done, he was pretty selfish and only thinking of himself. We have a, a story that goes all the way back to the first book, Genesis. In the beginning, Adam and Eve. We've read this story and we've studied this story about Adam and Eve. Chapter 2 
and starting with verse 16. The Lord God commanded the man, being Adam, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. God told Adam this, and Adam was to tell Eve. And they both knew it. They both knew it. And because they disobeyed, they suffered for it. You know, when God came looking in chapter 3 for Adam and Eve, of course he found them. And God wanted to know, what are you doing? You're trying to hide from me. That does no good. And then he said, I know what you've done. You've disobeyed. So, chapter 3, verse 2. Woman said to the, the serpent, this is leading up to God uh, coming looking for Adam and Eve. We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat the fruit. This is Eve telling the serpent. Uh, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And then verse 6. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. God has questioned Adam and Eve. When I told you not to eat of this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you, you did anyways. And what did they do? Did they admit their guilt? Just like Saul, Saul wanted to defend himself. They said, well, Adam said, Eve, the woman you gave to me, she had me do it. And then God looked at Eve. What's this? And Eve blamed the serpent. And then what she really tried to do is blame it back to God. Does that do us any good to blame God? Never. Never. To obey is better than sacrifice. At this point, the plan of redemption kicks in. But Adam and Eve suffer the consequences. They had to leave the garden that they loved so much, and they were cursed. We know some of the curses. In nature, the rose bush had thorns and the thistles thorns. And we know that Adam now had to work hard. He's sweating to grow food in the ground. And we know that Eve would have pain in childbirth. So they suffered the consequences. I'm going to get to the consequences of Saul later. But right now, Adam and Eve. And here we are now. Have we learned anything? Have we learned anything from Saul or from Adam and Eve? Well, I think that some have. Some do. Because God's remnant has always, through the ages, been there faithful to God. Over in verse or chapter 22 of Genesis we find a man of faith. 
All of you know who this man of faith is. His faith was credited to him as righteous, righteous in Christ. Yes, I'm talking about Abraham. Abraham was given uh, a task, a test, and he was to kill his only son. Does that sound like something that actually did happen? It happened at the cross. But Abraham was going to kill his only son Isaac and sacrifice him. Well, he didn't because God stopped him. And this is an example of obedience. He wasn't always obedient. He did some things he shouldn't have. But in this case, Abraham is written about in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. Abraham went to a place he'd never been before. He left his family, his parents, left everybody. And he followed the Lord. I do like the example of Abraham. And we know that Abraham had no consequences here. What did he have? He had a blessing from God, a covenant, that he would honor Abraham. And there would be many, many descendants in his family. Now, you know we are in his family. We are on Abraham's family because we trust in the Lord, just like Abraham. And I pray that whenever we're tested, we choose to obey rather than sacrifice. He asks for obedience. There's other important texts about obedience. Exodus 20. We know that chapter very well. It has certain uh, commands. Are these commands something that are an option for us? Are the Ten Commandments of God an option? Not an option. It is telling us that when we have faith in God, that we will obey the commandments. But remember this. It's got to be the faith that Jesus will teach us. The faith of Abraham. Not the faith of Saul. Not the faith of Adam and Eve, but of Abraham. We need to have faith. And when we do, guess what? We will love to obey God. We'll never obey commandments because we're going to think that they're like a ball and chain. We don't want to be hooked to a ball and chain. But I will say this. Your freedom is received when you follow God and you obey his commands. And you know, the, the commandments are important. The commandments are also listed in another book that Moses wrote. Deuteronomy. It's called the second commandments. They're all there. All of the commandments are there. And so I ask you a question rhetorically. How do we know? How do we know if we're obeying God? Turn with me to Revelation all the way. All the way from the first into the last chapter. And I want to point out to you uh, chapter 12 and verse 17. We should all know this text. Or we should be learning this text. 
And verse 17 tells us, and then the dragon, the dragon is Satan. He was enraged at the woman, which is the church of God, his remnant. And he went to make war against, it says, the rest of her offspring. That's the offspring of Abraham, the offspring of God's faithful. It says, they are those who obey God's commandments and they hold to the testimony of Jesus. You know, a testimony is your own story, the story of Jesus, how he came to this earth as a baby, how he had his ministry here. He was our example in all things and he always will be. So that's the answer. How do we know that we're obeying God? It's not that hard to know. Not that hard. When you obey God, you obey his commandments. Why? Not because you have to, because you love to. And that you believe in the story of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. There's one other text in Revelation. Since it was written twice by John, the apostle, must be pretty important. Revelation 14, 12, it was right after the three angels' messages. It says here, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints. Who are the saints? They are God's remnant who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. We know Jesus, and those of us who know Jesus know that he is save our Savior. Got it? That's a reminder for me. But it's not a reminder to say stop. It's a reminder to say keep going, keep going. God's remnant. You know, God loves his remnant. But he loves everybody. He wants everybody to be in his remnant. But sadly, God knows that's not going to happen because we have a choice. I'm going to say for myself, I choose like, like Joshua. I choose to follow the Lord, me and my family. You know, in the Ten Commandments, there's a very special commandment. And it seems like this world constantly attacks this commandment. But we are keeping it right now. We know what that commandment is. It's the fourth commandment. It's the Sabbath day. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, it says that God had completed creation in all of its vast array. It's all out there to be seen. It includes plants, of course, dry land. It includes animals, birds, fish. It includes the stars in the sky, everything. And God stopped on the seventh day where he did no work. And he made this day a holy day a hallowed day, a day 
for us to rest in the Lord. I think this day is the most special of all. And like I've told other people, my favorite day of the year is the Sabbath day that I celebrate another year of life. That's called a birthday. And, you know, somebody said, how come you're not out vacationing or having a good time? And I said, because I'm doing what I enjoy the most. And that is sharing God with others. It might be through the lesson study. I mean, come on, it's just one day. Couldn't we give everything to God on that one day? The Sabbath day is a test of faith, and one day it will be the test. Not just one of the tests, it will be the test for us. What are we going to do? Are we going to obey God, or are we going to give an excuse and say, well, look, God, I saved the best for you. I'm going to sacrifice the fat of ram. In this case, in this day, we don't sacrifice. But it could be that, Lord, here's all the stuff I'm willing to give you. But as far as obeying, uh, I don't know. You know what that's called? Taking advantage of God's grace. You ever think of that? You take advantage of God's grace. And when you say things like that are a lie, well, isn't that what the new covenant is about? God's grace saves you. You don't need to obey. You don't need to keep the commandments. You know, those people that preach that are false teachers that Peter and John and Paul warned us about. I think I can answer for you because you're sitting here today worshiping God. Today is your favorite day, as well as it should be your favorite day. You know, there's a text found in Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, he had plenty of words to say about heaven and Sabbath day and the earth made new. Isaiah chapter 58 Those of you that have Bibles, please turn to it. This is on the Sabbath day. And I'm beginning with just the two verses in that chapter. Verse 13 and verse 14. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way, like Saul went his own way, like Adam and Eve went their own way, and not doing as you please, this is doing what Abraham would do, or speaking idle words. Then you will find joy, your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land. You know, I chose that song, Higher Ground, for a reason. We're not going to get there without Jesus. We're not going to get there if we don't obey him. We're not going to get there if we don't have faith in his testimony or faith in him as our Savior. But we know, we ought to know, as God's remnant, we will, we must, and because of God's grace, we will. We will. I have some words encouraging. They are pretty simple. Follow God. He will bless you. No doubt about it. As he blessed Job. Yes, he blessed Job. 
Joshua, yes, he blessed Joshua. Isaiah, we just read from Isaiah. I could name others, but one more, Moses. And you know, these are included in that Matthew, uh, Matthew, Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. They may not be by name because not all of them were listed. But I know that they have followed God. You know the other song we, we, uh, we sang? Let me walk with thee, my Lord, as Enoch walked in days of old. Was Enoch blessed for obeying God? Yes. Amen. He yes. certainly was. He is now experiencing the joy in the Lord, which is eternity with Jesus. You know, there are two stories in the Bible that I, th I thought about in this today's uh, message. One of them was the story... Acts chapter 5, we find Peter, he's encouraging the early Christian church members to give their tithes and offerings and donate money for the work of the church. And what they were doing is they were bringing in the money, they were bringing in uh, the extra that they had been blessed with. And here you have two people, Ananias and Sapphira, they sold their property. I don't think it was where they lived. They just sold their property. And they committed all of it, all of that sale, to give to Peter for the church. And when they came to give the proceeds, Ananias said, here it is, Peter, all of it. And Peter said, all of it. Ananias, you know better than that. And it cost him his life. Is it better to obey God? In this case, he was a self-sacrifice, but this is the way it had to be in those days because God wants us to love him and obey him and follow him. Exactly, selfish. Sapphira, his wife, came in, and she did the same thing, not knowing what happened to Ananias, and the same thing happened to her. Peter had to tell her, well, I'm sorry you decided to do this, but you did it, so there. And God has a right to do that. Another one uh, example of obey rather than sacrifice is Joshua chapter 7. We have an instance where God told Joshua to leave no people alive. I think it was Jericho after they had won the victory and do the same thing that Saul was asked to do. They were, they were told that if you do take gold from your enemy, if you do take silver from your enemy, you give it all for the treasury of God's people. And that's what they were supposed to do. But Achan and his family did not do that. They did not obey. And God told Joshua, what is this all about? You disobeyed me. 
And Joshua said, well, I didn't. And God said, well, then find who it is. I'll show you who it is. And God sent Joshua to Achan and his family. And Achan admitted the sin that he had done. He saved a beautiful coat. It must have been an old coat because it says it came from Babylon, Babylonia, which is Babylon, you know, the ancient Babylon. It was a beautiful coat. And he took silver and gold and he buried it under his tent. Didn't he know that God would know? Didn't he know that Joshua would find out? God told Joshua that anybody doing this will pay with their lives. Everybody in the whole family, all that they have, and just everybody in the family. So they lost their lives because of that. You know, it's better to obey God. And we know that God is going to deliver his people. If you're not in his remnants, there's no deliverance. God doesn't tell us to scare us. He tells us because he loves us. I feel a little bad for Achan, but not too much. You know, God was blessing Israel. He had just blessed them with a great victory in battle. And yet, he was one of those who disobeyed. How many of you, I think all of you do, know the passage, the text found in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20? What do you know that passage to be? It's a commission or a command from God, from Jesus Christ. Matthew 28. stop turning the pages yeah. Matthew 28 verse 18 then Jesus came to them right before his ascension and he said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all Nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey. Is it better to obey than to sacrifice? Obey everything I have commanded you. That's the Ten Commandments. And surely I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth or the end of the age. In my Bible, I wrote until Jesus comes, because isn't that the end of this world? Jesus comes. That's a blessing. That's a promise. But what does God really want us to do? Well, I think that we have examples in the Bible that it is better to obey than to sacrifice. I want to go back to the story Briefly, in 1 Samuel 15, because God has some harsh words for those who disobey.
1 Samuel 15, starting with verse 23. It's going beyond what our text was for the day. For rebellion is like the sin of divination. That's witchcraft. Or the arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you, Saul, as king of Israel. So that was the demise of Saul. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be most glorious. And as David puts it, you'll feel the joy of the Lord to the point where we want to jump for joy. You know, David did that. He jumped for joy. He had a right to do that, too. I want to share with you my mother's favorite text. Let's take a look at the minor prophet, Micah. Chapter 6. And this, this is in closing for the message today. Micah, and starting with verse 6 and reading down to verse 8. I put some of this text to memory because I want to honor God and I want to honor my mother telling me that this was her text that she liked. Do we all have it? Got it? All right. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him and with burnt offerings, like Saul, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the first fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And verse 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly. That is obeying God. That is obeying God. And to love mercy. This is mercy for everyone. Because we're thankful that God gave us mercy. And it ends with to walk humbly with your God. Like Abraham, like Enoch, like Moses. And there's others that are a part of his remnant from the beginning all the way to the present. Walk humbly with your God. You know we can all walk humbly with our God. All we have to do is reach out, reach out to God, reach out to Jesus. He will always take your hand because he loves us and he wants to save us. He wants to see us in heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to obey you out of love and out of faith for our Savior Jesus. We know that when we practice our faith, we will obey you. We will obey you no matter what. We will keep the Sabbath day because you have asked us to do that. 
It's even in the Ten Commandments. Help us to walk humbly with you, Lord, and be a part of your holy remnant. Help us to be your offspring, your children, because in a little while we're going home. And our closing song happens to be Hymn number 626. In a little while, we're going home. In a little while, we're going home. 